bravery is there in the way they play. And what about Peter O'Mahony? I just oh, thought a sensational performance. Yeah. Jack O'Donoghue and Hodnett, the three of them in the back row. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. The football kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Yeah, you are welcome along to the football kickoff with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sport. And uh, we're not going to be here till 2026. Myself, Dave Myler, and Phil Egan, but uh, a lot of very happy Liverpool leaning fans uh, on the show today. Jurgen Klopp is going to be at Liverpool in theory at least until 2026 maybe even beyond Phil Eagle because he says that at this stage it still energises him which I just thought was a nice way of putting it Yeah and it, this didn't look on the cards last season when you think back to the, the horrible run they were on and obviously there was no crowds there and you know Jurgen Klopp had obviously his mother had passed away and he, it just looked like he was struggling and mm. I think the way the team rallied towards the end of last season, you know, the way he put Matt Phillips and Reese Williams in at centre half and they got up to third place, I think he must have thought to himself the fact that we could do that w- without so many of their first team central defenders showed the character that he has in the squad, which he knew anyway. But it, it just. You know, they've kicked on this season. People questioned were they one-hit wonders and the answer is no. They're still challenging for, for four trophies. So, yeah, he's. I think it's uh, the fact that it came the day after a Champions League semi-final as well just uh, is, has been a, an excellent week for Liverpool and now they have to make a count tomorrow against Newcastle. Yeah, and Jurgen Klopp is actually in our poll this morning, which we'll get to very shortly. And we will then get to Liverpool and Newcastle, which is one of the really, really intriguing games this weekend. It's the early kickoff Saturday. Definite potential banana skin for Liverpool. We'll talk about the Newcastle resurgence. David Myler, there were obviously two good results for Liverpool this week. One was on the pitch, one was Jurgen Klopp. No, 100%. Uh, I think Phil touched on it there. He's just... He's created this special atmosphere, um, not only around the football club and the training ground, but around the city. Um, everyone's behind the manager, like even the fans from afar. There's just this love of affiliation with them. Um, I think even fans of other teams, they just appreciate what he's brought to the Premier League. And obviously, it's very exciting that he's staying on. Of course, they're you know competing on all fronts, um, coming at the end of the season, trying to do the quadruple. Um, it's going to be tough, but there is just a great buzz around the place. And, you know, like last season was was very difficult after the success of the previous two seasons, but definitely it's exciting times. Um, how many more Premier League titles will Jurgen Klopp win with Liverpool? So this was our poll this morning. Um, I'm just trying to figure here, does he actually have the chance of winning five? If he's until 2026, he could win it in 22, 23, 24, 25 and 26. Catherine is just looking at me there. So maybe Liverpool could actually win five. So if you voted for four in this poll and it turns out Liverpool win the title for the next five years, you kind of get that right as well. But surprisingly or unsurprisingly, um, it's a tough one between one and two, which is effectively a split vote. 30.4% one. 31.9% 31.9% 2 and exactly 18.8% uh, for 3 and 4 um, David Myler let's let's just start with this season how much does how much do you want them to win the league how much do you want them to win the Champions League if you were offered one what would you take if I was offered one I'd take the Premier League yeah um, like obviously the Champions League is the Champions League it's special obviously Liverpool have a great tradition in it going 
you know, back to the 80s and whatever. Um, I just feel it's it's that one. Liverpool have only won one Premier League title. I know they've, you know, obviously got so many league titles over the, you know, the years, but it's like United have 13. It's kind of always that one that's put against them. Obviously, whenever the debate with Gerrard comes up, it's like he's not won one. So I think if Liverpool, I do feel if Liverpool could get the Premier League title over the line this year, they will even, you know, going into next year, they'll believe that, you know, the Premier League title is theirs. Obviously, they had an awful defence of it. Um, they'll want to put that right and they'll try, to, you know, they'll want to win back-to-back Premier League titles. So I think if they could, if they could get that over the line, um, I think that would be huge. Phil, I firmly believe that um, as as you both alluded to the the Klopp situation and the love he has, a lot of is to do with Anfield and just that atmosphere. And I, there is a feeling I think that Liverpool really would desperately love to win the title in front of their fans as well. Yeah, it's a bizarre situation where obviously Liverpool and City are both going for the Premier League and the Champions League. And I'd say if you ask City fans, they want the Champions League. Liverpool fans want the Premier League. And obviously we saw the the role reversal a few seasons ago when they went to the final day. City won the Premier League. Liverpool won the Champions League. The same thing could happen. I kind of feel... There really is every chance it could be the flip. It could be the other way around. It could be. But for some reason... Look, this it, it might it might work out this way, but I kind of feel that whoever wins the Premier League won't win the Champions League, mm. and and vice versa. So, but the fact is that if they do win the Premier League, they'd get to lift it in front of their home fans, and they didn't have that mm. because of of COVID. Obviously, you know they were streets ahead when the the league was put on hold for a few months, and they came back and they got the job done, and. The record books, record books will say that Liverpool were crowned Premier League champions, but they missed out on that. You know the the victory parade around Liverpool, where people lined the streets. And do you know what? Even if they don't get it done this season, I think the fact that Jurgen Klopp is hanging around now, there's definitely another Premier League title in them. And we saw what they did when they missed out; they were straight back at it. What they've done very well under Klopp is. They follow disappointment with success. Mm. They're very good at bouncing back. And Jordan Henderson touched on it when it was brought up about Unai Emery, the VRAR manager who was the Sevilla boss the night that Sevilla beat them in the Europa League final. And he said, you know, as a footballer, they, they just wanted to be on their own. Jurgen Klopp doesn't do things that way. He got them all together and said, look, this is just the start. And he was right. The, um, there's probably realities of Klopp. He's thinking, like, I am... I'm very reluctant to give up something as good as this you know and we've spoken about this as well whoever replaces Guardiola and Klopp it's going to be a really difficult job Klopp may be thinking well where do I go from here like it's not going to get better than this and I am this club in many ways even though he's he's not he's too humble to say that but he kind of is in a way yeah I only ever really felt that if he left Liverpool it was just to take a break from football it wasn't because a better job there's in Jurgen Klopp's eyes there is no better job in football right now could you see him being an international manager Maybe, maybe in down, down the, the line, line, but you know he wouldn't have that day to day working with with players. If you're a Man United fan, David, I mean, obviously you're watching the game last night. Um, Gary Neville absolutely like battering the players for much of that game, and you know they're kind of ambling along to get a draw in a game that doesn't really matter against Chelsea. Then you see Man City and Liverpool fighting all these wars. You see Klopp uh, sign a new contract, and just the. I don't know, the, the, the contrast in terms of the rebuilding that Den Haag has to do compared to where Klopp is is quite stark. Oh, well, it's 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 going to take years. 
years um, years and like you do kind of feel sorry for like whoever you know was coming in obviously we know now it's Ten Hag um, he's done great work at Ajax but you know Manchester United is a different animal um, he's got all sorts of problems to sort out players leaving um, you know contracts obviously expiring other players don't want to be there obviously the big question is what's he going to do with Ronaldo he's obviously got one year left then this whole thing with Ragnik um, does he go upstairs is he going to take over Austria how does his appointment work you know, all this, it's just such a big thing. And then, like you said there, you've got Liverpool and City going toe-to-toe in the Champions League and the Premier League. You know, there's just, there's that great buzz and excitement. And, you know, you've got your Manchester rivals and then obviously your biggest rival, you know, which is 30 miles down the road in Liverpool. It is a tough time for them, but look, they'll come good again, but it's just, it's just a case of how long is it going to take? Just on Ronaldo briefly, Phil, like, I mean, you hear uh, Keane and and Redknapp talking about like you know having a bit of a pop at people, you know, giving out about Ronaldo in the sense of what he's done to the team. But goals per ninety minutes in the Premier League this season, he's zero point six seven. He's seventeen goals. Jota's zero point six seven. Sadio Mane is zero point five one. Harry Kane is zero point three nine. Regardless of what you think of his role in the club, it's absolutely astonishing what he's achieved at this age. Well, he was the only player on the pitch in the United jersey last night that looked like he was, he was still playing. Mm for something mm. and it was the same actually last weekend against Arsenal and it was remarkable given the week that he had had that you know the death of his, his baby son and he came in and he looked so sharp and the same last night took his goal really well you know he, we know if Ronaldo gets chances he's going to bury them you mentioned Jota there but Jota is part of a front three unit that functions so well the every pro- other Man United offensive player has effectively flopped since yeah. Ronaldo came fully enough. Like there's been glimpses of Sancho I, I think Sancho is a player that will come good under Ten Hag mm. I, don't, like, I, I know what, what you're saying in terms of with Liverpool and City streets ahead but it's not going to take much for United to just basically re-establish themselves as either the third or fourth best team in the Premier League we don't know things are going to pan out for Chelsea this summer. But if you look at how bad United have been, if they had won at the Emirates last week, they were still in with a shout at the top four. So mm. they're not going to be that bad under Ten Hag. They're going to, he, players are going to leave. He's going to bring in other players and they'll start playing with a system. And what you need to see after a few months is the, you know, patterns of play that suggest which way that Manchester United are going to play. Under Solskjaer, you just knew that they were a very good counter-attacking team Rannick's come in and he wants to play a certain way but he doesn't have the players to do it. He wants to play a pressing game but one thing United have struggled with over the years and this was under even Jose Mourinho fitness. They've never covered Mm. those numbers in terms of distance covered. They don't outrun teams the way the likes of Man City and Liverpool do and that is just something that is a given now to compete with the best teams. You have to run. You have to run and um, the football kickoff is with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sport. And it's time to get to our first game, which is the first game of the weekend, um, Newcastle v Liverpool. David Myler, um, this is a game Liverpool fans, I think, will will definitely rightly be a little bit worried about. And just looking at some stats here, since Eddie, Eddie Howe's actually had 23 games, Newcastle could actually make Europe uh, still mathematically. That's how good they've been under Eddie Howe, which is quite incredible. Um, they got up to the top half, I think, about a week ago. In the 23 post-How games, they've um, sixth in terms of points in the league, sixth in terms of points, goals for their 13th. What, what was a very striking stat to me was in terms of XG against, they're seventh in the table. So that's how many chances they're coughing up or not coughing up. And this is, I don't know, what do you make of this one? This is a really, really interesting one for Liverpool. 
David is gone. Phil, same yeah. question to you. Yeah, <laughs> look, look, do you know what? When the fixtures, you know, when City and Liverpool were neck and neck and you were looking at the, the, the title run in and Liverpool at the back-to-back games against United and Everton, traditionally two fixtures Liverpool fans don't like because, you know, the rivalry. But it was actually... Newcastle away and Tottenham home mm. were the two games that I would have picked out where I thought and look people say well Spurs have just drawn nil all with Brighton and Brentford and haven't even had a shot on target but Brighton and Brentford stopped Harry Kane and kind of sat in Liverpool won't do that against Spurs but Spurs have shown like they did at the Etihad earlier this season where if Kane gets space in the ball to pick out the likes of Kulusevski or Son in behind a high line they can do damage they're obviously still playing for something as well. Liverpool have a lot of games. But the Newcastle game, I actually think tomorrow is the pivotal day. It's judgment day in the title race, I think. I think if either team are going to drop points, it's going to be away from home. Liverpool, they didn't have to travel. That's one benefit. But, you know, the, the way things are going to work out, if you're playing a Wednesday night Champions League game next season, you're not going to have a half-12 game on Saturday. Jurgen Klopp has talked about this before, but they have to do it tomorrow. And Newcastle are unbeaten in six. They've won their last six at St. James's. They're going to love this because we know the plans Newcastle have. That mm. In a few years, these are going to be title deciders in Newcastle's eyes because the investment they're going to have, whether people think it's right or wrong, so they're going to want to put one over in Liverpool to say, yeah, give it a few years and we'll be exactly where you are. We'll be challenging for titles. And Eddie Howe as well, you know, a lot of people doubted him going in and he's done a very good job there. They, they've brought in a few good players. Um, obviously, Bruno Guimaraes in midfield is really starting to shine now. So I think if Liverpool get over this game, then it piles the pressure onto City who play Leeds at half five. The, the thing is... Liverpool's next three games, they're all before City play. Yeah. They have to, they have to win to keep the pressure on. And, and Dave, what's interesting about Newcastle, David, is that as much as Eddie Howe has brought in these players, Trippier's obviously been injured. Chris Wood has barely scored. Um, a lot of it just seems to be they're just uh, they're just in far better shape since he arrived. You no, know, definitely. And look, it was the right appointment. Um, the time had come for Steve Bruce. I think everything was just so dour. Um, he's managed to obviously bring in Tiger, Dan Byrne, uh, Guimarage. And he's just lifted the place. I, I watched an interview he did with John Joe Shelby recently, or Sky did with John Joe Shelby, where he spoke about how on the first day the manager came in and he gave everyone a piece of paper and he asked them to write down their wife uh, and kids' names and all their birthdays. And John Joe said he was kind of fascinated by it. And he's obviously, you know, built this togetherness uh, within the squad. He's obviously come with new ideas and fresh ideas. Because um, like I said, it, it, it was at the point where it had gone stale. And you can just see that, and you know they've won their last four Premier League games, which is you know unheard of. You know at the start of the season we probably all tipped them to go down. Um, so there is there is a real good feel factor, but you know looking looking at the game, um, I just think I just think there's there's too many levels to it, and I think the way Liverpool are playing at the moment, I don't think it really bothers them that it's at half twelve. Um, you know they're just every game is kind of rolling into you know from one to the next. Um, I fully expect Liverpool will go there and, you know, have, like it won't be easy, but I expect them to make it comfortable towards the end. Um, I fully expect them to go and win the game comfortably. Big shout, Jeff. It's going to be a fascinating one in the title race. Um, I, I, I just feel this is a massive game for Liverpool. It's an early kickoff. Uh, Sky Sports 5.30 though, the later kickoff. 
Leeds versus Man City um, and Leeds obviously feel have just become a team that is almost entirely different since Bielsa left they've become hard to beat they're battling hard the problem is that's not going to you know work alone against Man City um, who know that essentially the, the ball is still in their court in terms of title race uh, and they'll also know what, what's required at that stage as you mentioned Liverpool in the early kickoff. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Leeds are unbeaten in five under Jesse Marsh and like you said, they've tightened up the back-to-back clean sheets. I didn't think at any stage on Monday night against Palace they looked like they were going to win the game. But the encouraging thing for Jesse Marsh and Leeds fans was they dug in and look, they're not going man for man like they were under BLs today. They zonely defend now. But they just didn't create enough. Daniel James ran channels. He ran every covered every blade of grass in Sellers Park but just barely got on the ball now Ellen Park or Ellen Road rather will be absolutely rocking tomorrow uh, regardless of what happens like Leeds have their own worries they don't care what Man City are there for Leeds need to to pick up points I think if Leeds had beaten Palace on Monday I would have been nearly 99% confident they'd stay up I'm still confident I know you look at their their fixtures coming up they have obviously City tomorrow they've Arsenal they've Chelsea sometimes those fixtures can look very bad on paper but at this time of the season you can actually pick up points because say for example Chelsea all they're doing really is just to make sure they they finish third and they're saving themselves for an FA Cup final um, Arsenal even though they're going for top four they're missing a few players so look Leeds will just try and make things hard for, for City and that the home crowd will be just hoping that the longer the game goes on if they don't concede early they can build themselves or work their way into the game and who knows, they might be able to nick something. They took four points off City last season, but they got an absolute thumping at the Etihad. Yeah, early. lost 7 nil. They've actually a great record against Leeds at home, um, or sorry, against Man City at home, not that you necessarily read too much into that. I think, David, the point here is they have to score. No, they have to. Um, it's going to be, look, that's the thing is you look at all those games were under Bielsa that we speak about. Um, they're kind of reference. And now obviously Jesse Marsh has come in. He's kind of changed the philosophy a bit there. He still wants to do this high pressing and that, but they're definitely a bit more defensive. Um, obviously, they've done well in recent games. Um, he's obviously got them on a good little bit of run. You kind of look at it, but I'm still I'm still in the mindset, like as I said, with Liverpool and Newcastle, um, I expect Liverpool you know, to go and win comfortably. I expect City to go. Um, I just feel the way the two teams are playing at the moment, I don't think, you know, I I don't think there's any team that can stop them. Um, you know, I just feel that they're they're playing such good football. You know, confidence is high and they know that the, this is the pressure moment. They're battling on all fronts and they can't afford to slip up. This brings us on to Sunday's, the first uh, fixture of the Sunday that we're going to talk about, and that is Everton versus Chelsea, uh, two teams with uh, contrasting kind of situations at the moment. Um, both wearing blue, and that's pretty much it. Uh, it's 2pm on Sky Sports, live commentary on OTB Sunday with Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr. Stick with you on this, David. Um, it doesn't look good for Everton at the moment. Watch Chelsea last night. They they absolutely battered Man United for the greater part without being overly bothered about winning the game. I think as Phil alluded to there, um, it was a performance that kind of sets them up. They wouldn't have probably given 100% last night. They should be fresh for Sunday. What do you make of it? You worry for Everton at this moment. Obviously, they've got a game in hand on Burnley. Um, but at Chelsea last night were very good. It was probably just that, you know, that last part of being clinical. Um, you know, if Kai Havertz fancied it, he could probably have two or three goals. Um, obviously, the, the Ronaldo goal is just Ronaldo, but 
you know, Everton, Everton will be worried. They've got two big games coming up against Chelsea and Leicester. Um, if they could get through those, I feel, matched up with Burnley, if they're in the same position, then I do think, you know, Everton could then potentially uh, overtake Burnley. But at the moment, it's just... It's kind of a lack of fighting them. Uh, when you say that, games. just the, the, the way they perform against Liverpool, do you expect them now they're at home to completely throw that out the window? Because it was obviously very negative. Um, it was a means to an end, but they're playing at home here. Are they going to change and come out and actually play? Well, you'd expect them to. Um, obviously, playing playing against Liverpool is one thing. They try to frustrate them. You know, they try to waste time and that. I, I can't see them going into the Chelsea game and doing that. Um, certainly with Frank's you know, love and affiliation with Chelsea, he's not going to want to do that, is he? He's going to want to go and make it, you know, intense, get after the Chelsea players. Because obviously, like like Phil touched on, Chelsea are kind of in no man's land at the moment. They're not going to, you know, c- you know, catch City or Liverpool. Um, they're kind of just playing out this season and uh, waiting for the FA Cup final. You know, the players will have one eye on that. They'll want to win that. So it's kind of a, it, it, it's a tricky situation for Chelsea. And then obviously everything are fighting for their lives. But, you know, you're looking you're looking at Everton throughout the entire season. They've not been able to put a string of results together. Okay, they've been better at home. Um, but you would worry for them. He mentions at home as well, Phil, like Goodison yeah. possibly the most atmospheric ground in the league. It will be helped them Sunday. They you know, they could feasibly carry them through and to finish in the top 17 as it were and um, at least the place will be rocking Yeah and in fairness to the Everton fans they haven't turned on the team because they know the seriousness Could have had like as well yeah, you know? I mean look there, there was a few moments when Rafa Benitez was there but they realise how like the severity of what's at stake here that Everton cannot get relegated like some clubs can cope with relegation. I just don't think Everton can because the amount what, of money they so? spent. Well, the, look, the amount of money they spent. You know, the new stadium, all that. Like everything is at stake here. There's players that are on serious contracts. Like no, there was no, there wouldn't be relegation clauses put into these contracts yeah. because when they signed them, there was no talk. They were looking up. They were thinking, mm. how do we break into European places? Let's try and start off with the Europa League, and then you know we can go to our new stadium and maybe we can dream of playing in the Champions League. That's all gone now, but if they get out of the Championship, it's an absolute disaster for the club. So, Briefly, it's his third job, Lampard. How yeah. important is this? If he ta- if they go down with him, like, he- he's ruined. Mm. You know, he- even if he keeps them up. Uh, and does he take any pride that he said, I kept Everton in the Premier League? I mean, do they keep him on for next season yeah. if, they- if he keeps them up? Look, he- he'd be able to say, I want to bring in certain players because... You know, th- there is a few players there that are worth keeping. I-, I know he was in the headlines for the wrong reasons last weekend, Anthony Gordon, but he's been one of the very few positives for Everton this season. I'm thinking back to the United game and the Newcastle game where Everton managed to eke out 1-0 wins and they don't look like scoring too many goals. So can you see them keeping a clean sheet against Chelsea? I'm not sure. And then the pressure. I feel if Burnley win away to Watford tomorrow yeah like that just cranks up the pressure on Everton I know Everton still have to go to Watford as well Watford can't buy a win at home but if Burnley because Burnley beat Everton a few weeks ago this is when Dyche was still there we all expected them to go to Norwich and win and they tripped up so Burnley are now starting to move nicely they got their win last week everyone expects them to win against Watford tomorrow 
but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. 4.30 on Sunday we'll stay with you, Phil. West Ham versus Arsenal. Um, West Ham obviously will have to gather themselves up after uh, the defeat last night uh, in the Europa League. Live commentary on OTB Sunday with uh, Nathan Murphy and uh, as I said, it's 4.30 on Sky Sports. Yeah, I think this is a nice time for Arsenal to play West Ham given they're smack bang in the middle of the, the semi-finals and they were unlucky last night that they, they you know they hit the woodwork three times and you know conceding a goal like this is David Moyes talking the build up to the game this is one of the biggest moments of his career and two minutes in they're a goal down mm. they recover they got back to one all look they're 2-1 down but they've had some good away performances this season in Europe so that's not dead in the water yet but it it's hard to imagine that they wouldn't have their eye on that game on Sunday and you can definitely tell by looking at them the season is starting to catch up with them and they've a very good first 11 but they've obviously picked up a few injuries I, I still think what David Moyes is doing with this team is unbelievable it's, like, everyone looks at last season I think it's been equally impressive this season because he's managed a European campaign on top of it um, and for Arsenal as well obviously David like this is the, what are they a uh, couple of points ahead of Spurs still five games to go it is obviously a two horse race now for fourth this is a massive one no, it is. Um, obviously, then Arsenal obviously had the, the benefit of no European football. I know Arteta's kind of mixing and matching with the young boys um, at the top end of the pitch, but certainly they'll feel that they can go to West Ham and get a result. Obviously, they're the positive one against United and Chelsea. Um, it's, I guess, as Phil touched on there. We've just brief, briefly lost David. Um Phil touched on there he was going to praise one of the comments you made um, but in fairness to it, like they lost their first three games Arsenal um, there was a little bit of pressure on Arteta um, well rightly or wrongly um, there's a definite shape to the way they play Odegaard in the middle is a beautiful footballer you can see they're, he's moulding a team into some sort of shape of himself in effect in the way he wants them to play yeah well I think with Arsenal I remember we talked about this a few months ago when they were after getting themselves in the box seat to finish top four and I kind of felt if they kept everyone fit they'd be okay but obviously Tierney got injured now Partey is out so what Arteta has done is he's got a decent first 11 mm. now you have to build the depth and that takes time it was crazy after three games people I feel with Arteta if he has two or three bad results all the questions get asked but that's just unfortunately the way modern football is it, that you seem to be two or three defeats away from almost been written off. It's almost like he's too handsome, David, and he dresses so well, it's like you're not a football manager. And clearly he is. Sorry there, no, I just missed you. You're on about Arteta, yeah? Yeah, briefly, just concluding on this game, um, like he obviously, I was saying to David, they lost, or saying to Phil, they lost their first three games, but it's been a very good season for them since. Yeah, and look, it was always going to be difficult for them coming from Manchester City. Obviously, they've had the benefit of no European football. Um, but I, I think he's done an incredible job. You look at the squad he has, obviously the front players are Martinelli, Odegaard, Smith-Rowe, Saka, um, obviously getting rid of Aubameyang. You know, a lot of Arsenal fans are on the fence over that. Should he? Well, I think it was the right decision because obviously there was a problem. Um, Lacazette has stepped up, okay. He's kind of led the line for them and he, he, he's helped these young boys. But I think he's done a really good job. Um, obviously next year the pressure is going to be on him to kick on. Certainly if they finish in the top four, it's then... You're gonna, you're really going to see what you know Arsenal are made of and what Arteta's made of. Because 
whether in the Champions League or the Europa League, um, he's going to have European you know, football to contend with as well. And briefly, David, a game that really doesn't matter at all, even though Manchester United, we just seem to talk about Manchester United more than anyone, even though they've been a complete irrelevance really for the last few years at this stage. They're playing Brentford at 8pm Sky Sports on Monday. It's an incredible look at the table, David, in terms of the chasm between the top two mm. and everyone else. The goal difference of Man City is 59. The goal difference of Liverpool is 63. The goal difference of Man United is 2. Yeah, well that look that says enough doesn't it um, you look at Ronaldo 17 Premier League goal last year and you're thinking like what's next to him Bruno I think he's on 8 like that just that just tells you you know how much they've struggled um, they've not been able to keep clean sheets I know my old pal Harry Maguire has come under a lot of flack over his performances but it's not just him you look at Varane Lindelof you know Wan-Bissaka Dallas Tellez Shaw all of them and um, there only there's moments when De Gea has saved them. Um, obviously, even last night in the game against Chelsea, he made a couple of great saves. But it's just, you know, that's 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 the beauty of United. But you know, they're coming up against Brentford team who are in good form. Um, do you know what I mean? And they'll relish. You know, those players will look at it. A lot of them probably be the first time playing at Old Trafford. You know, you'll be excited, um, and you've no doubt that Thomas Frank will believe they can get a result there. And you know, if they did, would any of us be surprised? the Ericsson story as well so cool like. yeah absolutely I think um, with United they just need the season to end and that's, it's, it's, that's it's, I remember the Jets the New York Jets when I was used to be a Jets fan they always used to say J-E-T-S just end the season that's been yeah. like that for Harry Maguire and Man United actually for United and look the reason they announced Ten Hag just to give them you know it's a bit of hope and it basically says look this season is pretty much a write off but Eric Ten Hag is somebody that is going to try and bring back the good times in terms of Brentford Ericsson's signing has worked out so well for them I also think as well the return of the goalkeeper mm, Rea mm. because he was very influential at the start of the season his distribution if you play in front of a keeper that you're a bit iffy about totally it completely changes how you defend because you're afraid if a ball goes over what's the, the keeper going to do whereas Ray is back and it's I don't think it's a coincidence that Brentford have, have picked up um, when he's come back and obviously Ericsson has just added the, the little bit of X factor as well and it being Man United something dramatic will happen on Monday night that's 8 o'clock Sky Sports football kick off with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sport and the football kickoff five side team each week we'll ask you on Instagram to choose your five side team made up of players competing in our selected games this week Jordan Pickford v Mendy Mendy won uh, Raphael Varane versus uh, Pontus Janssen uh, Varane won Bruno Gomerias versus Fabinho Fabinho Run Rafinha versus Phil Foden. Foden won, and Jared Bowen versus uh, Bukayo Saka. Saka won, and that was uh, today's show. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks to Phil and David, and we'll be back next week. The football kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports.